Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to the All About Dogs podcast. I'm Anthony. I'll be your host, and let's get right into it. Hey, hey, hey there, everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning into the show. Uh, chances are uh, you're probably interested or having problems on how to uh, potty train young puppies. So uh, we're going to be talking all about that in this show. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. Now, when it comes to potty training puppies, there's five things uh, that we really want to do to ensure the most successful potty training process and experience that we can have when we're trying to uh, potty train young puppies. And I'm gonna go through these five things in detail. So the first thing that I wanna talk about is um, supervision. So this is critical, right? We need good supervision. We need to keep our eyes on the puppy at all times no matter where they are in the house, right? Because uh, as young puppies, uh, they really don't have the bladder control um, that they need to be able to hold it for for an extended period of time. I really like to kind of um, make the analogy like with young human babies, right? Babies that are infants, it's kind of the same thing there. They don't really have much control. And that's why we kind of put diapers on them, right? So uh, it's kind of it's really the same thing here with the with the puppies. They just don't have the control. So we need to keep all eyes on the puppy as often as possible. Um, and the biggest reason for this is puppies need to kind of know when um, they're doing something wrong. They're just like all dogs in that context, right? So Essentially, we should be giving information to our, our puppies or our dogs when they're doing something right, and we should be giving information to them when they're doing something wrong. So the whole purpose and the reason why we want to keep constant supervision on our puppies is in case they attempt to go to the restroom indoors. So if we're not watching them, if we're not supervising them directly, there's a really good chance that they can have an accident indoors. And if we're not there to try to interrupt that, they're gonna think it's okay to do, right? They're gonna do their little business, and they're gonna uh, prance off all proud and happy because they just relieved a little bit of pressure. It felt good to do that. And they're gonna go on about their business. And if we're not there to kind of say, hey, no, quit it, or, if we're not there to try to interrupt them in some form or fashion, um, then they're they're not going to think what they're doing is wrong, right? So the ability to supervise them. Sorry, I can hear this guy. I can hear this dude moving around in the background. Um, so supervision is really important. Um, now, 
for those of you that are watching uh, this, um, you probably noticed the dogs in the back, right? So uh, the, the brindle dog with the white face, that's Oreo. We had her on the last uh, show. Um, but I brought Big Mac on to the show today. So uh, he's the gray dog uh, in the introduction that you probably saw um, going over that A-frame and doing that retreat with the dumbbell. Yeah, I totally forgot to introduce those guys. So in any case, uh, let me get back on topic. Um, it's incredibly incredibly important that we keep that supervision. Um, we have to be able to interrupt them. We have to be able to intercept uh, their attempts to have an accident indoors. Now, there's a variety of different ways to go about that, right? Interrupting them as they're attempting to have an accident. And this varies from puppy to puppy. So what may work for one puppy may not necessarily work for another. But if we see them and they're attempting to use the restroom indoors, we want to run at them, clap our hands, stomp our feet. We need to do something to try to interrupt them, right? Um, I don't know if you have like a maybe even a noisemaker, like a little shaker can or something. We don't want to tra traumatize the puppy, right? We got to be careful about that. Um, but we have to make an attempt to interrupt that. And there's a variety of different ways to do that. And those are just a couple of examples. Um, and if we're able to interrupt them, or maybe we're not able to interrupt them, regardless of those two things, we have to scoop that puppy up and run them outside, right? So... Um, for someone who's not like watching the puppy, like a, another family member in the house, that could be a little entertaining. You're uh, <laughs> running and scooping up this puppy and clapping your hands and making a big scene, right? So, but regardless, we have to intercept them. And then we have to rush them outside and hang out with them for a few minutes and hope that they attempt to finish going out there. Because again, there's not a lot of control. So that's ultimately what we're hoping for. If they don't eliminate outside, chances are they probably finished indoors, right? Um, and that's okay. It's going to happen. We're human. We're, this is new experience for us. Uh, raising puppies is a new thing. You probably found this, uh, this show because, you know, you need help or you want to acquire a puppy and go in, go in kind of knowing what to do. So... So some dogs aren't going to finish outside, and some dogs will. Now, for the dogs that do, it's incredibly important that we reward them. Um, they have to know... Gosh dang it. Sorry, my nose is itchy. Um, they have to know that what they're doing, the act of going outside and eliminating, is exactly what we want to see from them. And we can do that by taking a, you know, making sure we have some treats on us. Uh, we can make a big deal about it verbally uh, with our voice and our body language. We can run over there and clap and say good boy or good girl. Um, but, you know, definitely treats like you can't go wrong with that, right? Most puppies are pretty food oriented. Um, and that's the primary purpose for 
for the supervision. We want to get them outside in case they attempt to go inside. Um, and when they do go outside, we want to um, make sure that we're kind of rewarding them. And we're going to get into uh, um, a couple of things about that. But that's the first thing. Supervision is critical, right? Uh, keep eyes on your puppies at all times. Now, that's not always 100% feasible. We can't all do that 100% of the time. And so we're going to talk about what what can we do when we can't, right? So that's the first thing. Supervision, supervision, supervision. The second thing um, is because these young puppies, and I should mention, we're talking about puppies that we're bringing home that are anywhere in between six and 16 weeks, right? That's generally the age span in which we're bringing young puppies home for the most part, you know, unless we're rescuing dogs or something. But this show, we're definitely talking about puppies within that age range. So the second thing that's really, really, really important is to give them regular uh, outings. So we're talking... And this varies a little bit from puppy to puppy, but on average, every 45 minutes to an hour, we're kind of taking them outside and they may not always go, but we're taking them out there. We're trying to give them the opportunity to eliminate outdoors. And when they do eliminate outdoors, we want to, like I mentioned before, give them information, convey to them that the fact that they are going outdoors is exactly what we want from them, right? So we can get really excited. We can use a high-pitched voice. We can clap our hands. Um, for most dogs, that's exciting, right? We can use treats. Absolutely, we're totally for that as well. Uh, reward the dog as much as, as possible. And, you know, petting is a form of rewards too. So we can go over there and love on our puppy and let them know that kind of talk to them a little bit and um, and just give them feedback that, hey, you're going potty outside and we really, really, really want that. We enjoy it. We like it. We should give them that information. Uh, a, a long time ago, I heard, uh, I can't remember what trainer it was or where it was or where I was, but they said... Uh, I heard them, um, and I quote them, they said, you got to throw the biggest potty party ever, right? <laughs> so you got to make a really big deal about the fact that they went outdoors. Um, and that feedback should come the moment they walk away from that accident, right? So whether it's number one or number two, the moment they trot away, all happy, like a little puppy does, generally speaking, um, we, we got to get that information to them right there, right? And that's how they're going to know that we like the fact that they're going outdoors, right? So regular outings every 45 minutes to an hour. Some puppies are a little different. That might have to even be every 30 minutes. This is definitely a process, right? This is time extensive we're going to have to give a lot of time to this process and also um, expect to do this from the moment that you bring your puppy home 
all the way until a young adolescent dog. So we're talking anywhere in between six months to 10 months. For some rare dogs, it's even a year, right? So, but generally speaking, you're going to have to keep this process up until then. And you're going to kind of know, like, as you're spending time with your puppy and as you're um, going through this process with them, you're going to start to kind of see the fact that, oh, wow, that like they're holding it a little bit longer and that stuff. They're gaining the control that they need to be able to hold um, the ability to go to the restroom. So that's really important, right? So, so far of those, of the five things that we're talking about today, we got supervision and we got regular potty breaks, right? Um, they go hand in hand with each other. So the other thing that I would like to talk about, the third thing of the five is creating a water and a uh, food schedule for the dogs to um, to have water and food, right? The main purpose for this is we're looking um, to keep in the back of our head, have a really good idea. We know when it goes in, we're going to know when it has to come out, generally speaking, or we're going to have a good idea of when it comes uh, has to come out, right? So... When we're talking about feeding, we're talking about um, uh, maybe this varies from from puppy to puppy and breeder to breeder, whatnot, uh, and owner to owner, right? But generally speaking, we're talking about feeding our puppies you know, three or four times a day. Do not do not free feed the puppy, right? That's going to be a really bad thing for us, and. Um, it can come back and kind of bite us in the butt a little bit. So free feeding is not our friend in potty training, okay? We need to create a schedule. Generally speaking, I'm an advocate for three times a day. I think you're going to be just fine there. Um, everyone has different thoughts. It's a little subjective. It varies from person to person or trainer to trainer. Um, but I think you're going to be okay with three times a day. And then, now the same thing with water. I think they should absolutely get water with every meal. And then probably an extra two to three times a day as well, right? Make sure it's not a ton of water. We don't want them to over intake the water. You can see this too when puppies are young. If you feed them, if you give them a, like a lot of food and water in one sitting, like their little bellies will like be all swollen and they'll waddle around, right? Like a little little pigs so um make sure you're not overdoing it right like there's uh if you look it up on the internet you can pretty much determine how much water uh, a, a mammal needs including people based on their weight so i don't know what those ratio ratios are right now i'd have to look it up but but three but make sure you're giving water with uh, every meal um, and then an extra, uh, an extra amount, um, opportunity to have water, an extra two or three times a day. Um, and again, don't overdo either one of these things, right? Um, make sure it's enough. And and the big thing here, like most of our dogs, 
are family members. So what I mean by that is they don't need unlimited access to water or food for that matter. Chances are most of these puppies, most of our puppies are spending a majority of their time indoors with us. That's a new puppy. We're excited about um, the acquisition. More than likely, they're indoors with us. So that's why we went, we talked about supervision first. What I'm trying to get at is, um, like I live in Arizona, in the, and it's a desert state. It's a hot state. And the, uh, we're not leaving them outside. We're not leaving our young puppies outside where they may need unlimited access to water, right? So that's a different thing. Um, and, and we're going to talk about like when we leave the house and we leave our puppy alone too, right? So, but I wanted to kind of touch on that point because I think it's important. You may be listening to this and you're like, well, what if I leave the house, right? What do I do? How, how does my puppy get food or water? So really important, create a schedule. The dogs uh, for uh, create a schedule for the puppies to eat as well as drink water. The whole purpose behind this is if we we know when it's going in, there's a good chance that we know when it has to come out, right? And if we go back to regular potty breaks, we're letting these puppies out every 30 minutes, 45 minutes to an hour, right? So these all of these five concepts that I'm going over today kind of go hand in hand with each other. Um, so create a schedule, create a schedule for food and water, right? I'm kind of starting to repeat myself a little bit, so I apologize about that. Um, the, the third thing that we want to, or I'm sorry, the fourth thing that we want to talk a little bit about, um, is, uh, uh, what do we do when we can't supervise our puppy directly, or maybe we have to leave, most of us work, or we run errands, or we have families, and we have to leave the house, right? So what do we do when we have to leave the house? I'm going to talk about that real quick after I take a sip of this coffee. So I'm an advocate for, and most dog trainers are advocates for a little bit of crate training, right? Uh, it's really important. You, If you do a little bit of research on the internet, you'll probably often hear, say, dog professionals talk about... It's the closest thing to a natural den if they were to be living in the wild and whatnot, right? Like, for sure, a mother dog digs a den when she's delivering puppies and that kind of thing. So it's pretty natural for them to be in close quarters. Um, and so crates, more or less, the theory is crates more or less kind of mimic that. So um, getting into managing the puppy... When we're not around, it's really important that we crate them. And there's a couple of reasons for this. We don't want them kind of getting into things that they can't get into. And maybe chew on something or ingest something. Um, or maybe climb up on something and fall down. It really is for the safety. Excuse me. It really is for the safety of that puppy and their well-being. 
So confining them is, is absolutely a safety thing. It relates to potty training in the sense that I talked a little bit earlier about like giving information to dogs and letting them know when they're doing something right and when they're doing something wrong. So if we're not around and this puppy attempts to use the restroom indoors and we're not there to kind of like try to interrupt that, that puppy's going to think what they're doing is okay. So it's about um, letting that puppy know, hey, like going, going inside is not a good thing. So crate training, confining our puppy, helps in that context. So if, uh, it's, it's a bad for us if we're gone and the puppy's free and they're just using the restroom wherever they want, right? That's in terms of like success, they're getting a lot of success when we're not around, right? And they may potentially learn that going potty indoors is okay when we're not around but going outdoors when we're around is is what we want right so we can create a potentially create a little bit of conflict here when we are um, uh, trying to potty train our puppies so in short, we must confine our puppies to crates, um, maybe even a playpen too, but just it needs to be really small. They, we don't want them to have enough room where they can have an accident in the playpen, right? Um, and potty pads, uh, that brings me to potty pads, right? Like, it's a great product, product but dogs are associative learners, so... We don't want to build an association that going indoors is okay in any way, right? And if we're setting potty pads down in a in a crate that has too much space, or in a uh, in a puppy pen, or even when we're home and we have potty pads laying all around the house, right? The dogs learn to go potty on those or around those, <laughs> maybe not always on, but they're learning going indoors is okay right so we're creating conflict in our message and our attempt to potty train our dog so if you ask me personally i'm not a fan of potty pads at all right maybe if i'm traveling i don't know but not in the house not at all right <laughs> um so but we get, but when we're not around we should confine our puppy and I think a crate is that solution. And the crate needs to be big enough for the puppy to be able to lay down, turn around, stand up, and do all those things comfortably without giving too much space where the dog can have an accident. Now, if you've been listening to everything I've been saying up to this point, it's possible that this conflicts a little bit with the inability to hold uh, the the ability to go to the restroom on the dog's part, right? I mentioned earlier, they don't have that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mentioned earlier, they don't have the ability to hold um, uh, whether they can go potty or not. So the big thing here is if we need to create our dogs, potty breaks beforehand are essential into that process and um, 
make sure you give them a good 15 minutes prior to having to confine them uh, to use the restroom, right? So no, no food or water beforehand. Make sure they have uh, the ability to eliminate prior to being crated. That's gonna set your success up so dogs don't have accidents in crates, right? So, <clears throat> and just as a general rule of thumb, crate training is a good thing to kind of teach your dog or introduce to them or make a part of their life. There's a chance maybe in the future you need to board your dog or have your dog stay with a friend or relative or something of that nature and maybe they need to be okay being in a crate. So it goes, uh, there are other benefits beyond potty training to crate training your dog and we're absolutely an advocate for that. So to recap, oops, to recap, make sure uh, we give our dog the opportunity to eliminate before we attempt to crate them. And it's okay to crate your puppy. If you're, if you're at home and you got like things that you need to do around the house um, and you can't keep uh, direct supervision on your puppy, it's okay to crate them, right? Because this is all about the, the success of uh, potty training our puppies. So crate training is important. The last thing that I kind of want to talk to you guys a little bit about is what do we do if the puppy does have an accident? So with that said, we're all human, even myself, and I've raised seven, six or about seven or eight dogs as puppies. I raised them all. I followed this process and I can probably count on my fingers how many times dogs have had accidents indoors. And it's total human error when that happens, right? I get to chatting with someone in the family, the wife or the kids. <laughs> My eyes aren't directly on the puppy. The puppy sneaks around the corner, has an accident, right? So there's, we're human. There's going to be, we're going to make mistakes. But I think as long as you follow these, these steps and these concepts, you're going to be okay in the long run, right? Um, but there's always that chance that an accident does happen. So what I want to talk about is cleaning up the mess. So our basic household cleaners don't eliminate, especially like with urine in the carpet, don't eliminate the odor completely. It'll mask it, it'll sit on top of it, but on a chemical level, it doesn't get it all right. It'll mix with it a little bit, it'll dilute it, and to us, because our noses aren't nearly as anywhere as powerful as theirs, they're gonna smell those that small uh, the small traces of diluted urine, especially in a carpet. In a tile, it's less likely, but it can still kind of seep into the grout, especially if, if we don't see it and um, and it has time to kind of sit there and soak in a little bit. There's the possibility it can get into the grout in between tile as well. So how do we clean the mess, right? Uh, ideally, any over-the-counter enzyme type eating cleaner, enzyme eater type of cleaner <laughs> is going to be what we want to use. 
Now, there's a couple of popular products out there that I can uh, remember right off of the top of my head. And those products are going to be Nature's Miracle and Simple Solution. I've been using those products for years. Uh, they smell incredibly good. And you essentially just want to follow the directions on the bottle. Um, if I can remember off the top of my head, you know, we're going to clean up the mess the best we can with like napkins and soak up as much of it as possible. And then uh, we're going to let it dry, right, completely. And then we're going to come back on top of that spot after it's dried up. And we're going to saturate that spot with that enzyme eater. And on a, on a molecular level, it's going to eat away all of the urine there, thus um, helping us in terms of the dog not smelling the last place that they soiled. Because it's very popular for dogs when they, they mark in a spot and then they come back and mark in that spot all the time, right? Or they find a place where they like to potty. They go back outside, they smell the spot where they potted last, and they go generally in the same area. This, can, this is going to happen to us with our puppies if they start having accidents indoors, right? They're gonna, you're going to find that they, more than likely, they go back to the same spot to soil again. So uh it's really important that we clean sorry i was looking back at my dog it's really important that we clean the messes with an enzyme eater type product now nature's miracle and simplest solution you can find those in any retail store that carries dog products or cleaning products right like walmart has them pet smart those kind of places you're going to be able to find those products so cleaning the messes up is incredibly important in this process right so those five things more or less is um, we want to kind of follow these concepts or apply these concepts when we're attempting to potty, potty train our puppies and I think if you do that you're gonna have an incredible amount of success I've done it personally um, and uh, of course, that's why I'm trying to regurgitate this information to you guys and let you know to try and help you. Maybe you don't know, or uh, maybe you're just looking for some inf information online where you don't necessarily want to hire a trainer to help you with potty training, right? And and if you do, that they're just going to kind of convey these kind of concepts to you. It's not something where you can necessarily send your puppy off and they come back and they know to go outside, right? This is a process, it's a long process, and expect to spend anywhere in between six to nine months potty training your puppies. So that's pretty much all I have for you guys today on this show um, in terms of potty training your puppies. I dove right into it. I was little uh drinking a little bit of coffee as you could tell so i was uh very excited to get going um if you guys have any questions of any kind feel free to email me uh, you can get a hold of me in a few different places uh, we're on all the social networks and that kind of thing um, and uh, let me know if we have any questions in addition to that i want to just make a quick blurb as well we're also looking to add a q a component to these shows at the end of every show. So 
we'll start off with talking about a topic, maybe even two, just depending on how long it might take to cover that topic. And then we want to end the show with uh, Q&A. So you can submit your Q&A via email, um, or you can do that privately uh, through private messaging through any of the various social networks. We're on all of them. So uh, feel free to give a hold of us. We'd like... uh, We like that interaction. We want to be able to answer questions and help you guys out as much as possible without actually having to be there to help you, right? (laughs) So thanks for tuning into the show. That's all we got. We'll see you next time.